Welcome to Pros and Cons, a show about a variety of topics. I'm Jack. And I'm Kev. Let's talk about stand-up comedy. One of my favorite things to listen to, believe it or not. Bigger picture, we're going to use this too to talk about just comedy specials and comedy in general because even when we were discussing the idea of doing this episode and thinking about like oh what would we call it stand-up specifically has like the most name recognition yeah i would say that stand-up the name alone does like a better job of describing or just letting people know that we're talking about like comedy being told by a comedian to a person no matter how or where when however i guess it's different now with people finding other ways and other creative ways to show stand-up and i guess those you would call more of like a comedy special because it's not your traditional you standing in a theater or in some sort of room in front of a crowd uh there's other ways to do that in general still stand-up technically just when it comes to the bits and how they probably even go about building that 30 minutes or hour that the comedians do but comedy special i guess when set like that makes it more broad and leaves it open to any sort of comedic i don't know piece of work Um, and we'll talk about that throughout the episode yeah and that's also i feel like more recent in terms of comedy specials expanding what they can be and again we're going to save that for a little further in the conversation but I say that to give context to the idea of comedy specials for a while, for a long time, were just stand-up, basically. Like, they were a video of a comedian delivering a stand-up performance in a venue. And that was pretty much what they were made up of. And for me, that was a con, because I've always felt like those types of stand-up performances feel so rehearsed and trying so hard to be funny and even when it's people that otherwise I think are funny you put them into that format that setting and automatically I'm just not impressed like you're not going to get me to laugh because I'm just like no it's too much too heavy-handed and I'll let you talk on that too but i'll just add real quick here that going hand in hand with that one of the things that just enforced that even more for me was in recent years when there were comedy podcasts that i started listening to with comedians who do stand up and i think they're super funny on their podcast just in very natural organic in the moment conversation But then if I try to watch one of their specials, it's like, nah, it's too much of a presentation there, too rehearsed, etc., like I was saying. And so I think that just made it even clearer for me that my problem, it's not with the comedians themselves or comedy as a whole, but for some reason, just stand-up doesn't do it for me. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong in that their performance is heavily rehearsed. Not once, twice, three, ten, a hundred, probably more than that. Yeah, like they workshop it on the road for months. Literally for years. Like a year or who knows until they quote unquote shoot their special. If 
you know, they're the more successful comedians and stuff that get to do that. When you get this final product, what you see on Netflix or Comedy Central or whatever it is, HBO, Showtime, it's this heavily rehearsed, this thing with like notes and almost like a Broadway play where like everything has a time to it. And heavily edited also. Heavily edited. Yeah, I've, like you said, we listen to a lot of these podcasts, so we kind of hear these comedians talk about it themselves and how it went. And a lot of times I've heard that they even shoot like two, three hours of like stand up, but you only see an hour on Netflix and stuff like that. Who even knows if they're throwing laughs in there, you know? <laughs> so yeah, what you're getting, it's not this like improv, natural podcast style comedy. It's literally almost like a show or a play that you could go today and watch one and go tomorrow and see the same dude at the same venue and Maybe there'll be subtle changes, you know, like maybe he'll throw a word that's different or a sentence that's different. Yeah, or a slight delivery change or something. But yeah, overall, you're probably going to get the same performance. So I can understand when you say that it's it's not for everyone. Um, it is very show and tell. It's almost like a presentation. And yeah, like some people like you don't really enjoy that. For me, I've always been a fan i don't even remember when i started getting into it it had to be like really early on growing up learning english here like i would watch comedy central and kind of like mtv where like after a certain time they play actual music videos after a certain time on comedy central they'd actually play like stand-up and like real mm -hmm. instead of just shows and prank shows and stuff like that they show actual stand-up yeah I remember like just leaving it on and like all it takes is one or two people to make you laugh, and you're like, oh, shit, like, maybe I'll leave this on. Yeah, since then, I've, like, been a fan of many comedians, but of stand-up overall. I feel like some of the early ones I saw that I did watch, because I wouldn't watch a ton, but there were, like, clips here and there of some of the older ones. But then I remember seeing some that came out, you know, at the time were like Aziz Ansari when Kanye had his blog and he was posting about it and all that. And then like Donald Glover slash Childish Gambino for his, I think it was Weirdo special. And so I would see certain people here and there where I still didn't like the format, but I liked their personalities. So I would still watch it, but it was very kind of sporadic when that would happen. Damn, yeah, those those go back, so you have a little bit of history. For me, believe it or not, I feel like I was almost sort of lucky when I got into it, if I remember right, because it was like middle school, maybe early high school. I actually remember seeing like Bill Burr, like his early stuff. Like, I don't even think he was famous, Damn. but I remember it because since then I've like rewatched it and been like, oh shit, like I remember watching this, <laughs> like I remember this and like even just how he looks completely different. Um, Sebastian Maniscalco, which is another huge name right now. Um, Hannibal Burris. But then later on, kind of like how you said, with like Hasiz and Childish and the internet kind of pushing things, I started getting into it a little bit more and more. And for me, when I became like a true fan, I believe, was this was also high school. But you remember Pandora, the streaming service, still a thing, but. I don't think many actually use it anymore. They added literally like uh, comedy stations. So I don't know if you remember, like on Pandora, you could press Drake 
or whatever the artist was and it'll play like Drake's songs and related artists. Same thing you could do with comedy at a point and you would write, yeah, like Bill Burr and it'll show you or it'll play you like a track or two that were probably like three or four minute long bids from like their comedy albums, which is also a thing, like comedians drop albums from their comedy sets. But then it would also like involve other comedians and throw like bids from other comedians and that's kind of how I got to know like a bunch of other ones outside of the major names that I was used to listening to and yeah that's when I was like fuck yeah like comedy's my main source of entertainment at least this form of it at that point yeah and comedy center I would watch here and there but I think it was more for the occasional shows and stuff like that don't really remember watching stand up through there but i've tried to give stand-up specials more of a chance again in recent years and this is going to sound harsh but i feel like they're tolerable at best in the sense that i might get a few laughs from them here and there but it's never going to be anywhere close to as good as even a podcast episode and those they're releasing like weekly Whereas the stand-up special you're getting once in a while. So it's like I'm getting everything I want every week from their shows. And even though this special is meant to be literally what the word is, a special thing, it doesn't feel like that for me beyond the, like you said, Broadway-type presentation, which I'm not a theater fan either, so it adds up. I'd also say that I've almost built like a weird tolerance for comedy where in a similar way I could watch stand-up right now and probably not laugh a single time and that doesn't fully mean that I don't enjoy it like I'm entertained but I don't know if it's almost just watching it so much you almost see the punchline coming and whatnot and it's still good and there's some comedians out there that literally like their craft is tricking you because you don't really know where he's gonna go with it like anthony jeselnik super dark literally he's known as like the dark comedian but i built like a tolerance for like yeah sometimes i watch it and i literally don't even laugh once which i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that also brings us to why we even brought up the episode and now how comedians have kind of gotten creative and found other ways to do these stand-up specials and performances in order to like entertain us in a different way even though it's still like a planned rehearsed bid but it's just different and how they show it and perform it i guess i think a good transition one to bring up first with this idea is one that you and our friend joan put me onto before because you guys actually talked about it on joan's podcast seymour that he had on our cesspool network that he was doing before and basically in it you guys talked about this one special called the overthinker from dimitri martin and i'd never heard of it before but you guys were talking about how it's very visual and he used drawings as part of his comedy and stuff and i checked it out and i actually went back and re-watched it i was gonna just see part of it and i ended up re-watching the whole thing in advance of us like recording this and there are drawings like i mentioned which he uses as part of the comedy but there's also in connection to the title of overthinker there's moments throughout the special where you hear like the inner voice in his head 
where he's talking about like oh i think that went well or what's the next bit i should do and there's like a split screen with different choices and stuff like that where it brings a creative twist to the typical format of it so i feel like his special was a good in-between where it did have kind of the traditional setup of a stage and audience and everything but it made it different too and i think it worked for him yeah dimitri is one of the great examples of comedians finding out a different way to put it uh, his style is super dope it's different like you said not only he throws drawings at you but he brings out the guitar starts singing you hear the inner voice there's like all these different aspects to to throw the punchlines and the jokes out there that one's like an easy one to pro it's one of the more creative ones one interesting one that i don't know if you've seen is neil brennan a comedian i don't know if you know him but he was like one of the major writers for like the Chappelle show yeah i know of him because of being a guest on like theo von show and etc right yeah um so yeah he's one of the high praised comedians like i mean anyone that worked in Chappelle shows like you got mad respect right now but he did this special with netflix where i believe it's called three mics just like that where he set up three different microphones so it's still him just telling jokes however each microphone was like assigned to like a thing so like on one it's like his literal stand-up bids and on the other one it'd be like confessions from like his past that he felt a certain way about and on the third one i forget but it was something else like he'll sing i don't, I don't even remember like now i'm making it up but every mic had like a different subject or task that he had to do on it obviously overall it's still a whole rehearsed thing however still like super creative it was almost like having three different personalities up there yeah i haven't seen it but that sounds interesting another quick example of like a kind of dumbed down version of dimitri's in that it's like very show and tell almost like a powerpoint slide but with stand-up was like hassan minaj's last stand-up special i believe it's on netflix as well where it's like a lot of about his family history and whatnot but throughout the whole process and every time he talks about like his siblings or his dad or mom he'll bring up like a photo like from back in the day in the 90s or whatever an example and he'll have like a punchline with it or sometimes he'll say the joke and like flip the page and like mm. kind of go with the flow of the joke and the people see it and laugh so then you get like this double laugh from like the joke but also from like the funny picture or or like the picture's like the perfect example of what he just said. So it's like this dual thing. And again, like it's something that also technology is allowing us to do things like that. Like back in the day, <laughs> Eddie Murphy and stuff in the 90s or Richard Pryor couldn't be doing stuff like that. Other than just have the microphone with them. But yeah, that's true. Technology has played a part for sure in just people being able to be more creative nowadays. So yeah, it's like a lot stand-up's not only becoming something where like the voice and the jokes drive the entertainment and the crowd but now visuals are starting to be incorporated which also makes sense in terms of of course people's attention right now it's so hard to capture and people's minds wander so much so if you just have someone on a stage telling jokes for an hour or hour and a half or however long it is then they can just start to look at their phone or something but when you have visuals there with it then it gives you something more to pay attention to and to stay focused on which brings me to another example i was going to bring up too this guy julio torres who he's an actor also i believe 
and I think he used to even write for S Now or something, but he's this young comedian, and he did this special for HBO that came out not long ago called My Favorite Shapes, and it has a very beautiful, sophisticated, plain visual look that's kind of like high-end, artsy type of feel. And he basically, throughout the special, has this like conveyor belt of items that rolls through and he picks them off and shows them and talks about them and uses them as part of his kind of ongoing act, so to speak. But basically he's just kind of doing commentary and mixing and stuff. And it's kind of like a dry, low-key sense of humor. So it's not like going for laugh out loud belly laughs or anything. It's more subtle. But I really liked the whole visual aspect of it. And I think it's another perfect example of just pushing the boundaries of what a special could be. And I'm really interested to see how other comedians could do something like that where instead of just you know speaking jokes out of thin air so to speak you're doing comedy that's reactive to stuff that's in front of you or with a certain theme or stuff like that i think that would be interesting to see more of i haven't seen this one but i like looked it up and stuff and it does look very dope and interesting like i'd probably give it a shot i haven't seen it looking at it though it does seem like a very well done version of like what i guess carrot top the comedian was doing back in the day i don't know if you know him i know i'm not familiar with this stuff he's like super famous and it was like before i even got into comedy but i know of him because he's almost used like as a punchline nowadays because <laughs> he gotcha. kind of went crazy and i don't know i guess his style was different but from my understanding, he'd literally go on stage with, like, a huge bag. Think of, like, a sports bag, like, if you're going to your baseball game or something. And he'd have a bunch of items. And, yeah, he'd kind of, like, pull an item out and, like, do jokes about it in a way. Interesting, yeah. So this comes, like, in a conveyor belt and stuff. It looks like a way better presentation. And with all that said, the reason we are truly doing the episode when we are... Or one of the reasons is because the god, the man, the myth, the legend, Bo Burnham, just dropped, I guess, his version of a comedy special that is very different from all the ones that we just mentioned. And he titled it Inside. Technically, it's Bo Burnham's comedy special that took place inside his home during the beautiful and ever-delightful pandemic of COVID-19. Yeah, it seems like a kind of side or guest house to his place or who knows exactly, but it's like kind of a mini home. And this is the example that's also at the furthest extreme from just doing stand-up on a stage with a mic, which Bo has done. For people who don't know, he kind of blew up on YouTube and stuff like that. But eventually, at one point, he was doing stand-up comedy on stages and he has a couple specials before this what and make happy both are on netflix i believe as well as is this new one and in this special he actually talks about how he stopped doing stand-up for a while because he was getting panic attacks but he was actually starting to plan to go on the road again 
right before the pandemic hit, which probably led him to this in a way, among other things that were halted with his creative projects, because he's also like a director now. He just did eighth grade, which I think we've talked about on the show, movie from a couple years ago, and he's an actor as well. He was just in Promising Young Woman. But with the pandemic, he had a lot of time at home, so he basically worked on this special for a long time, and you see a lot of the process details of him testing out cameras, testing out lights, setting up the shots for each one, etc., and he brings you into that and the special in general is just like a very 2021 ADHD type of comedy that jumps around, has a lot of internet references, a lot of YouTube references, like reaction videos, and has a lot of music stuff as well. Like he would do that in his specials before with singing. And... It's just extremely different in how it's shot, the whole format, everything. I think it's probably the most creative we've seen of a special at this point. And it's not something that everyone could pull off, but he manages to do it well, in my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree in that it is probably the most creative comedy special I've seen. And I also agree in that I think... He is probably one of the only two or three people that could pull it off. Not that I know the other one or two people, but because of his style, because of what he does, because he's very musical, right? A lot of his comedy comes through music. He's a writer, could play many instruments and produce his own music and whatnot. He's able to kind of create a show. So kind of how you would go to a concert and there's like light shows and this and angles and you set the mood by having... Again, different lights and the movements and whatnot. And he does that insanely well in this one space. And it works way better than I would even imagine it. Like, if you were to pitch this to me, I'd be like, I mean, sure, but like, how good can this be? And again, that's because of what he does. Like, if it was just Tom Segura or something, like in the room, even with the lights, but he's just standing there, like, it would not do it justice. Yeah, because I feel like. Part of it is also, you know, I mentioned these different things that Bo does, directing, acting, etc. He feels like someone who's so hands-on and can do all these different types of things where, not that he's like a Tyler-type level of creative person, but similar in a way in that he knows how to set up the lights to get it how he wants. He has like a vision for everything. And since he started out doing kind of DIY stuff with YouTube... He understands what it takes to make that work and how to figure things out if he doesn't know. So he seems like this amazing one-man band for it. Because even in the credits, you see, like, directed, filmed, edited, written, etc. All by him, so. Yeah, I mean, the dude killed it. And obviously, it's all, like, his experience. You did mention, like, he's been doing this for a whole minute now. Believe it or not, but was also one of the first people I watched he is from Boston, and I remember I had to be middle school as well because I spent like a lot of time in Boston with family over there. Like I'd go over the summer and whatnot. One of my cousins played his like YouTube video, and it was him like in a small theater. I think he was like eighteen or nineteen, and it was Bo like playing the piano, and it's that Bo for show, the born Bostonian, and he's like rapping right. and shit. 
I probably haven't even watched that since, but I still even remember that line because it was so catchy and like to the point and dope and different at the time, full of like clever lyrics and they're always with the times. Like you said, even on this one, like it's all a bunch of internet references and stuff that, I mean, maybe if you're watching it like 30 years from now, it'll be a little outdated, but as long as you were alive, you can probably connect to it. Yeah, I mean, that's part of it too. It's like a time capsule for the pandemic time, even though it's not like he's referencing that often, or even I don't think he mentions it at all specifically in terms of the pandemic, but it's obviously implied and stuff. And yeah, Bo was someone who I didn't even know about until around when eighth grade was coming out because I remember the trailer drops and then I forget how, but I brought it up to you some way, I think because I was looking at buying tickets for seeing it open up, and we did end up going to see a Q&A with him and Elsie Fisher at the Cinerama Dome, but I remember at that point, you put me onto a bunch of stuff about him, like the MTV show he did, Zach Stone is going to be famous. Still my favorite, Bo Burnham. <laughs> piece of work zach stone this is so good yeah amazing and i feel like we're for sure biased in terms of the special with like knowing his personality and his sense of humor i think helps you like the special more and i think like you said also the age with internet references and everything so i'm not sure what like older people would think of it necessarily i'm not saying they would hate it but it would just be different probably or even just people who aren't fans of him but even when it was released like he was trending on twitter and for the soundtrack for it like it was trending on apple music before it was even announced that it was going to be released and stuff so it's been well received for sure gotten critical acclaim yeah it's so different that it almost makes me think of like what the comedy purists think of it or like the old school you know the dave chappelle's and the the murphy's and like what they think of it because it is just so different and it's something that like again like the purists, the i only watch stand-up crowd might not even enjoy it or watch it but just how like everything else works around the world like you drop this and if anything, it only creates these new fans that were probably not traditional, like, stand-up watchers. But because of this, it kind of opens up doors just because of its visuals and, it's, yeah, like, creating the media in a completely different way and making it more watchable. I feel like people would definitely try to copy it, not successfully, but it'll probably challenge people to come up with other stuff. Do you think that there being all these streaming platforms and more specials being created and tons of options to watch everywhere and everything do you think that's a good or bad thing for comedy specials overall because on the one hand you got maybe oversaturation and maybe the kind of bar of quality is lower but at the same time like you were just talking about with Bo special or whatever else and obviously he's a special case but Maybe there's more points of entry for people to get into comedy. I think it's a good thing. I guess the oversaturation, if that's really a thing. 
I wouldn't call it oversaturation. I think it's just literally having a bigger and more of a platform to put these things out there. Like I mentioned Comedy Central before, they were giving a bunch of people uh, quote-unquote spots or like specials, but they were more like 30 minutes or shorter, or they'd find like this other way to fit like four people in an hour. Um, Because I remember watching stuff like that. I forget what the show was called, but if anything, I'd look at this kind of like music where I don't know, think of the 50s, 60s, 70s, where like what was known was the popular stuff, what was getting the radio play. And then later on, you start getting these platforms and streaming services and SoundCloud. And now anyone can kind of put their music out there. And now you get an abundance of artists, like anyone can put their stuff. And I think you could say the same thing about comedy and their specials. Like if you're someone like Netflix, obviously you're going to only put the best, but even if it's just through YouTube and whatnot, give people the chance and let them possibly become the next Bo, the next Bill Burr, the next Chappelle. Yeah, I think that's a fair point, and I think the music comparison is good, and I'm all for just how the internet has opened up the possibilities for people to get discovered and everything, and even in terms of, yeah, YouTube, like you said, where certain comedians are even putting out their comedy specials or, you know, different pieces of whatever that new thing is on YouTube in, like, you know, 15, 20 minute segments or sometimes even shorter and stuff like that. And that's another area where we could see the idea of comedy specials changing too in terms of how they're formatted, how they're released and everything. Like I initially started the question in terms of streaming platforms, but yeah, like DIY through YouTube and stuff is definitely part of it as well. Or even distributing it on social media platforms and comedians being on tiktok and stuff like that like there's all these different types of ways if you're trying to be a comedian type to get out there and for people to digest your stuff and think it makes it easier for people to find an audience and all you need is your own kind of niche audience to make it work and even podcasts like we were talking about too like obviously We were discussing some of the bigger ones, but anyone, of course, can start a podcast. So that's another route as well for something more extended. So there's all sorts of different ways. And as far as a listener, yeah, you have tons of options. So you can pick and choose. Yeah, exactly. To wrap it up, stand-up comedy in its most traditional form would be a con for me. But in terms of the future where comedy specials are going and with people like Bo and Julio Torres and etc I am excited about that and where that can lead to so that I would pro and comedy overall I mean who doesn't like to laugh when it's good so can't hate on that yeah for me obviously I mentioned that comedy stand-up comedy specifically is like one of my favorite forms of entertainment so even in its traditional form of person standing in front of a crowd, I find that a pro. Obviously, I guess it all depends on the actual comedian. However, I am a big fan of the newer, more creative ways that comedians are starting to put their specials out there. Stand-up overall is a solid to major pro for me. Alright, so that wraps it up for this episode of Pros and Cons. 
I'm Jack. You can find me at Jack Bloom Summer, Summer with an O, on everything. And I'm Kev. You can find me at Same Old Kev pretty much everywhere. Shout out Bowie, yo.